and welcome to the latest edition of the Year Ends in One, hashtag YE1 for all the trendies. If you've listened to our podcast before, you'll be familiar with my voice, as well as our central principle, which is Tottenham Hotspur fans of broadly spanning ages, sitting around a table to discuss matters of today, the future, or as far back as they can remember. My name is Ian Wallace, and alongside me today are three fellow ever-presents. We've got my son, 11-year-old Casper Wallace. Hello. Simeon Wright, age 21. Evening, Ian. And Peter Wright, father of Sim, age 62. Hi. And tonight's been a great night for our 11-year-old because he's just had his first parents' evening at secondary school and he's smashed it out of the park, so well done. Well done. Well done, Casper. (laughs) So, regular listeners at this point will be ruining the absence of our graphic designer, sound engineer, and above all, budding Spurs pundit, stroke conspiracy theorist, Ricky Swarbrick. Year ending ones, representative supporters in their 40s, though only 42 himself. Ricky's enjoy, Ricky, enjoy editing our voices on your holiday. Look forward to having you back very soon. We will miss you as you are Mr. Glass Half Full, so hopefully <laughs> we may have a bit of positivity this week. But... Like Daniel Levy, we've moved fast to appoint a replacement for Ricky. So a very good evening to another 42-year-old, Matthew Fletcher-Jones. Good evening. So, Matt, a little bit of background on Matthew Fletcher-Jones. Um, I've done a bit of research, having known you for a little while. You know, I've done a little research on you, on you and you once described, described yourself as a media knob. Is that right? Um, I think that's fairly accurate, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I won't... I don't question that. I think that was was that my Twitter biog for a while. Might be your Twitter yeah, biog. Sounds yeah. about correct. But uh, Matt, Matt is head of uh, communications at Engine Sport, so he does PR campaigns for sports sponsorships. Works in football, cricket, rugby, etc. He also works uh, two of our London rivals. Who are they? Can you say? Um, well, our two biggest rivals, Chelsea oh. and Arsenal, I cross paths with oh quite a lot. Yeah. And what, do you, what sort of stuff are you doing there? Um, kind of uh, one of my clients sponsors them both. And they have various assets and deals and so on, which they use throughout the season. So we help them kind of do events and stuff with players and that type and of thing. How is that? How is that interacting with the enemy a little bit? You uh, you have to remain professionally in at nice, all times. Nice. So uh, yeah, it's quite tough. Um, they're not all Arsenal or Chelsea fans internally. Yeah, you often discover. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it can be good stuff, but I'd obviously rather be working with Spurs if possible. And is if it, Daniel Levy is listening, is, is there is there any moment when you're working at say Chelsea or uh, or Arsenal that you sort of you know, give them a little bit of a dig or something like you know a little bit of a snidey comment or you mention it occasionally? Yeah. Um, probably the most useful thing is when you're down there and you kind of discover one of them's got a knock for the weekend and you. Yeah quickly change your fantasy football team accordingly uh, yeah. although I do have a no Arsenal player rule oh nice so yeah but I've had the odd Chelsea one in the past and oh, really? you know drop them out if, you, if yeah. they've got a niggle or something like I don't that I think I've ever had an Arsenal player in my fantasy team actually and, yeah, well it should be just out. it should be outlawed you know mm-hmm. people, getting all ba- people getting all Bamiyang in for points you can't you can't go doing that no, you've got to stay true to yourself <laughs> so Matt you've been a Spurs fan since the early 80s when your dad who I think from memory is a Wolves fan isn't he my old man's a Wolves fan yeah he took you to Wolves versus Spurs and what, what happened there because uh, obviously you're not from your, you are no from I'm from uh, I'm from Newport in South yeah. Wales uh, my dad is a Wolves fan and he took me to Spurs at Molyneux in something like 82, 83, yeah. when I was very little. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was the era of Hoddle and RD, Les and that type. Yeah. Uh, I think Spurs won 3-2 that day. Yeah. And kind of, 
I've been with them ever since. Wolves then got relegated three divisions as well, so they really had no chance. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And um, you're a season league holder in the South Stand? I am indeed. And you liking the new stadium? Loving it. Yeah? Loving it. And uh, when the atmosphere is good, it's, it's very, very good, mm-hmm. as it was last night. Um, and uh, a great thing here, we, we've had a, in a couple of the past podcasts with, um, you're a big football shirt enthusiast. I am indeed. So on, yeah. I don't know if you remember, on the previous um, podcast we had a favourite Spurs shirt. Oh, I don't okay. know what, what would your favourite Spurs Mine shirt Mine would be the 86-87 Hummel. With the oh, arrows across the chest. Sort of like yeah. Arrows. Yeah. yeah. And across the chest at the front. That I think that's shit. my I think yeah. that was my favourite. I think that was someone in the groups actually. I it might be Ricky's on Yeah, I think it might be. Holston Spencer's sponsor. Holston Spencer's. Yeah. Yeah, great shirt. Love that. Um but as I say, obviously, you know, you're from Newport in South Wales. Um and a funny story when you discovered we've got obviously we talk next week a, a little bit in a minute about um, you know what happened last week with Poch, but interesting you were watching Wales last week. Big Wales fan, yeah, big Wales fan. Wales Hungary, and yeah. I think literally as the Welsh anthem started, uh, I got a message from a mate just saying Poch gone. Uh, so kind of yeah. mixed emotions then, and at ninety minutes, yeah, I'm sure it was even worse for Ben Davis. But uh, yeah. yeah, funny night, kind of celebrating getting to the Euros, yeah. And then kind of morning potch at the same time. Yeah, morning is the word, but we'll come on come on to that in a minute. And uh, the last thing on, on you, Max, I know you don't want to hog the limelight, um, but you know, speaking of you being from Newport, you were actually quite famous and you were in a band, in a rap band from Newport, Goldie Looking Chain. Many years ago, yes. And you don't yes, have to talk about that. I don't, it's a long, it feels a lifetime ago now. I, I think love that, I love that now. You might do, you might yeah, do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think uh, a few of the lads are playing a few gigs at the moment. Are they? Kind of, yeah, doing some kind of anniversary thing. Uh, so yeah, but long time ago now. Yeah. I'm a kind of a... Grown up. Grown up professional man now. Nice, I like Allegedly. that. Well, let's let's crack on then. So welcome, Matt. Great to have you here. Good to be here, for making the trip over. Um, so, first topic. What happened last week? So, if you'd started a technological detox around 7pm on Tuesday the 19th of November, maybe gone to bed with a book and taken an early night, you'd have woken up in a parallel universe universe on the Wednesday morning where Jose Mourinho has replaced Maurizio Pochettino as Tottenham Hotspur head coach. Poch sacked. Wow. In the space of about, was it 12, 13 hours? Fellas, loosely speaking, what on earth happened last week? So... Casper, as you're 11 years old, your whole lifetime of sporting Spurs, you've never known a different manager. Yeah. How do you feel? Uh, well, well, probably been there's been other managers, but I've, like the like the manager that I've only known when supporting football has only been Poch. So to see on against West Ham and Olympiacos is is kind of different seeing a. A different manager in the dugout and a different staff as well, um, but yeah, um, I really like Poch and he's created like so many men- memories and some are like my favourite games and uh, supporting uh, supporting Spurs, um, and and he he wasn't just a manager he was sort of like a, a really good friend to all the players and he and he's. He loved the club and he was literally like a fan to 
not only the team but the whole the whole club. It was just amazing. And do you, and do you feel, say, for example, when you look back, say the games, you know, Ajax, for example, did, did you you said to me before you felt he was one of us? Yeah, he he felt he felt like he felt like you were he felt like he was sort of he was he he feel like he was right next to you supporting with you yeah. instead of being in the dugout um, uh, managing the team and he he, he made. He made the fans feel really close to him, as yeah. you probably don't get with other managers. And how, how do you feel, say, you know, when when we found out was it about seven o'clock? It was yeah. news, bro. Yeah. How did you? How did did you sort of feel shocked or well, the right I decision? Saw, I saw it on a sort sort of like a not really. I don't know if it was official, but sort of uh, not like an official Instagram page, and I was like. Surely that can't be right. And then I go on to BBC Sport, and then it's like breaking. I'm like, oh, because you just come back from the shops, so yeah. I come down, and then like, like Jason Mourinho's just been the new manager. And I thought, oh, I, I just thought a bit. Oh, for God's sake! Yeah. I like I don't. I'm not a big fan of him okay. as a person, but I just don't think he fits into like. Because we've gone from having Poch to like not angry press conferences, and then you go to him, and yeah. um, he's he's sort of very out there and uh, can be very hard on people and very uh, angry in press conferences. Yeah. It's a big difference from uh, Mr. From nice Poch. Guy. Yeah. So you got Mr. Nice Guy to Mr. Angry, but yeah, you, you that must have really hit you hard being yeah. an eleven-year-old. Um, Pete, can I throw this out to you? Obviously, being the eldest in the group, even though you don't look it. But can I throw it out to you how you sort of felt, you know, when the news broke and, you know, what happened, you know, was was it the right call? How did you feel last week? I don't know. It just feels like it was like a seismic change, you know. But I, I don't know. It felt like there was something rumbling um, in the atmosphere. Like um, on, on the Tuesday morning, I woke up and Sim sort of said, oh, there's all this kind of rumblings going on in the you know, in the media about this could be Poch's last game, meaning the West Ham game, referring to the West Ham game on the Saturday. And, I, and from from that moment on, I just felt a little bit sort of like anxious about, you know, about what was going on in the media. And it was just like, it just felt like a, a train that wouldn't stop. And I just sort of avoided sort of like listening to the radio and stuff because it, it was just like a story it was like a whatever route that you were going to take it was a journey that was only going to have one destination it just seemed to gather pace as the day day went on but uh, uh, as it when it finally broke I was sat in the living room just said I'm going to watch that leaders debate uh, thing with um, Corbyn and Johnson yeah. and I was sat down and Sim's phone started pinging off and he just said oh <laughs> um Potch has been sacked, you know, and it was like, the first thing, your first reaction is like, yes, that's a joke, you know, yeah. and then, you know, you, you kind of like, and then you look at the media and it's it's really happening, and you, my your first feeling is just anger, real outburst of anger, like, Interesting. It's like, there was a cat that fled from our living room for fear of injury, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and a few, a few choice words were out to me, I was, a, I was just... Just, just an outpouring of anger towards the Levy 
Joe Lewis regime, which just felt, yeah. you know, I can't believe it. just this, the same feelings were sort of stirring up that I had. I think I had when Redknapp and um, and and uh, Martin Yol were sacked. That those sort of feelings just came up, and it's just it just felt like so that 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 anger was just that that if you're talking about the the, the, the initial feeling, just anger, okay. and then uh, just then you get this overwhelming feeling of sadness. Yeah, I think. And, then, and how, did, how did you feel in the morning when you woke up? You've got the sadness because the, the five-year journey that Porsche's taken us on, with all that roller coaster rides and the Champions League final and the Ajax game, and where I think Casper uh, mentioned it, but he, there were real tears in his eyes when we. Genuine. So he felt like, yeah, he was one of us. Like, yeah. and I just got used to those faces in the dugout and on mm. our bench, and it's just. And then so slightly tempered in the morning with the news that um, Mourinho was going to be our new manager, you know, just like literally less than 12 hours later. So, and so slightly tempered by the prospect of possibly winning some trophies. Okay, so you were sort of upbeat, you were really angry, then in the morning you were quite upbeat. It just got, I still had the anger and the sadness, but then it's just slightly tempered by the, or at least they haven't kind of like gone for some wishy-washy caretaker yeah. thing, you know. But they actually, it's, it's clear that they had some somebody in place. Yeah. yeah. And Matt, how, how, how did you feel about that? Did you, do you feel it was justified? How did you feel, first of all, what was your reaction? Uh, you, did, did you feel it was justified? I was, I was shocked initially. I didn't kind of, you know, I'd heard the rumours, but I wasn't really expecting it to happen yet um, but unfortunately I mean I, I adore Poch in the same way I think the majority of our fans do but I felt it kind of had to happen um, and uh, you know even though I was shocked the kind of as a, you know sitting in the south stands the last two home league games against uh, Watford and Sheffield United were amongst the worst I've kind of felt in certainly in the last five or six years probably since the Stoke game when everyone expected Potts to get the bullet after it and then he kind of turned it around um, against Watford we you know the worst team in the country we scrambled an equaliser in the 87th minute I think Sonny had hit the bar which he created on his own and we did Nothing else. And then we all got a bit excited after Partizan um, and for Sheffield United and he'd left out, you know, the so-called want-away players and that type of thing. Uh, and then it just felt like the same. And, you know, Sheffield United played us off the park, really. And if it hadn't been for VAR, we would have lost. And it felt, it felt broken and it didn't feel like he could fix it. Mm. The city seemed to be... Doing the, you know, he got into the. I know Marino made a, an early substitution last night, which is his trademark. But Poch this year seemed to make subs at half time a lot, which was almost kind of admitting he'd got it wrong in the first half. And I'd kind of just noticed that, you know, we signed Dembele to replace Dembele, we signed Lacelso to replace Ericsson, but it didn't feel like the plan was changing. And, you know, I think. You know, anyone going to games at Wembley, you know, kind of November four. I think you know if you remember Cardiff, who I think we scraped to one 0 We beat Burnley in the last minute. Even 
yeah. really struggled. And, Even yeah. then, it felt like the way we were playing, teams were putting men behind the ball, yeah. and we didn't really have a plan to break them down. Yeah, Newcastle at home at Wembley was similar. Yeah, was and big, this yeah. and this season, it's kind of you. It felt just like I was watching the same thing on repeat constantly. And and I read I read one stat which said something like we had. Um, in turning over the ball within 30, 40 metres of the opposition goal, we were 16th in the league this year. Um, whereas, you know, I think we've been, last five years, we've been based on being Impressive. one or yeah, two, yeah. you know, with Liverpool. Um, and there was just times when you just felt the players aren't, I think everyone's, whether it's mentally or physically, did you think you got stale just, a little bit? A little bit stale? I think yeah. I think everyone had got stale. You know, you read some of Jack Pitbrook stuff um, in the Athletic, and he kind of said that players had, you know, got tired of you know. And I can understand after five years hearing the same messages and the same things, but I think they were expecting the things to change a bit, and it seemed to be well, if we keep on doing what we used to do, eventually it will work again. And watching it. it just didn't feel like it would unfortunately and so, so when it happened then so you were obviously upset because you loved the guy but you thought it was a rational decision and then the next yeah, I, I, I wish it could have been on you know I wish it could have you know I don't care about the 12 million payoff I wish it could have been kind of mutual rather than you know having to kind of basically say he's been terminated that would have been nice but yeah I kind of went well it's a bit of a mercy killing really it needed mm. to happen Interesting, and yeah. and the and the following morning the, um, I still don't know how I feel about Marino. No, to be honest, having been there last night and so on, um, you know, <coughs> saying I've never been a fan of his, I think would be wrong. I quite enjoyed the way he used to conduct himself when he first came over, uh, and I know he's kind of changed his spots a little bit and and has kind of got backs up and that type of thing. But I sort of, what's you know, so far he's doing a bit of a media masterclass from a PR man's point of view. Yeah, we might, we'll come on. We'll come on to that later, Matt. Obviously, you being in PR will sort of get your <laughs> angle on that. But Sim, being a you know, being twenty-one years old yourself, um, you saw he's possibly the longest-serving manager you've had. So you must have grown attached to him. Um, yeah, he must be. Yeah, um, I mean, Harry was there for four years, wasn't he? Uh, Martin Yule was the manager that I was. Um, I suppose supporting career was born into if you will um, I think he was probably about four years as well yeah I think Pochettino must be our longest serving in half a decade so how did you yeah. feel on how did you feel when you heard the news like your dad was um, angry well just firstly just firstly I can assure you that every account that my dad has um, told you has been 100% true <laughs> um, we were both having our dinner and I think it must be the kind of trainee journalist in me I'd, I'd love to kind of We've got like an ongoing dispute in this house where he kind of, um, if you go out for a day and you miss the three o'clock game, you are quite happy to stay off your phone and avoid the score and watch match of the day. What discipline. And, oh, and wow. Yeah, 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 for sure. Old school, Pete. Old school. In this, in this day and age as well. And I like to, um, and I'm kind of like itching to tell him the score. And this season it's been hard because I don't want to see him suffer through a 1-1 draw with Watford. Yeah. Or, uh, I did it for the Watford game. Yeah. It was awful. Um, <laughs> I listened to the Sheffield. So yeah. Um, <laughs> so I got a ping on my phone from um, one of the other trainee journalists actually saying Poch has been sat, and I instantly, obviously, repeated that, and 
he reacted the way that he said he did and I was a little bit shocked, in shock myself about it it was it was coming and I think we all kind of agree that, that the performances have been terrible I think he's kind of fallen out of love with the job a little bit he's oh, been a lot yeah. of I agree with that yeah yeah there's um, it's just maybe not the broke, maybe not the just hasn't had the same backing to take us to the next level to the next level that he kind of deserved to take us to for everything he's done um, so I think he's kind of fallen out in love with the job and it's really been brewing for the whole calendar year um, the season's results this season's results aren't anomalous to 2019 I mean you look through the whole of 2019 um, and I think looking back at the results earlier I think we've only played one we've only, we've only played well three times this year one of them was New Year's Day against Cardiff we were beating 3-0 um, Huddersfield in April we were beating 4-0 and then Palace this season but that's one good league performance all season yeah. it's, it's not um, it's just not been good enough and I think they have dropped off that that extra 5-10% do you, do you think sorry we come on to your Mourinho thing yeah. how you felt in the morning but do you think Potch got too close to the players and do you think that sort of became a bit um, I think he was he was forced to wasn't he because he, I think he deep down he would have wanted to change. He wanted to ch- he wanted to change the squad round, um, possibly get rid of the players because it, it would have been clear to him whether or not he'd grown attached to the players. It would have been clear to him who had to go so we could progress. Mm. Um, but he wasn't he wasn't able to turn the squad over. I think because of that, he possibly did go. He, I don't I don't think he. You, what was the question that he became? Too good too friends close. with the, too close yeah, to the players. Close to players. Um, maybe it's more the players stopped kind of seeing him as a, saw him more as a, more as a friend. Okay. And maybe weren't performing for him as a manager as much as as before. Yeah, there wasn't a distance between them. Yeah, yeah maybe not yeah. the same discipline. Yeah. You're hearing the same voice for yeah for five years. Yeah, I saw I saw Jamie Carragher a few weeks ago talk about his time at Liverpool, and I think it was. He said they had two five-year cycles of Julier and mm-hmm. Benitez, mm-hmm. and he said at the end of the fight, both times, like us, you know, previously, they'd come close to winning a title, and then they hadn't quite done it. And at the end of the five-year cycle, both the players and the manager kind of just mentally dropped yeah. away a little bit, and it needed to start again. And you know, that that was. That was about three or four weeks ago, I think he said that, and that kind of, that was the moment I really went, oh, this might be. Yeah. The but difference there was that they went for Hodgson, didn't they? Yeah. And I think, I mean, we 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 will we'll see how how it goes on the Mourinho, but I think that next appointment, as you saw with Man United, is so important. Yeah. And I think we've we've all, we've possibly taken a safe bet by going yeah, where does the Where does the blame lie that he didn't wasn't able to refresh his squad? Where, where does the blame lie for that? Yeah, I don't know that, Pete. And that, that no. always, because surely you're a manager, you know, say, for example, in your team, your junior team, you know, you, you've refreshed a few players over the years, every season. I just think he didn't change it for a long time. Was that his choice? Or? Three windows, three transfer windows. Was that his that. choice? And in four, I don't think it was, no. I, I don't think it was his, his choice during those transfer windows, mm. but... We're building a billion-pound stadium, so mm. I kind of got it. Yeah. I think this summer, I don't actually blame him or Levy this summer. It was obviously the plan was get eighty million for Ericsson, mm. and you know we we took the Celso on loan people, for, so we could try and get Dybala as well, 
And I think he was thinking, well, if Alderweireld goes for 25 million, Rose goes for 20, Wanyama goes for 15, and Ericsson goes for 80, then, you know, there, there's three players to come in there. And mm. instead, no, it sounds like no one really came in for for any of them other than Man United for Ericsson. And I think everyone would have copped it if Ericsson had gone to Man United in the summer. So I don't really blame any either of them this summer. It just... Maybe the market worked against them. Possibly just the transfer market's changing. But coming back to how do you feel about Marie? Obviously, you're upset about <laughs> point. How do you feel when you woke up in the morning and heard about Mourinho? Um, yeah, so I was making my porridge in the morning and um, I had the radio on and I just I hadn't I hadn't caught. I, mean, I think it happened already, but I, I hadn't caught, caught onto it that Mourinho had been appointed. And then a bit like the night before, my dad comes down and he's and he's still effing and blinded about it and that's the talking about how it's like a bad dream and then I just kind of hear underneath underneath our conversation that Mourinho had been appointed so again even though I didn't know it I pretended that I'd known and I said <laughs> and I went um, and he goes what what are we going to do now and I said oh it's Mourinho isn't it and he goes what I was like yeah Mourinho's our manager but I didn't actually know at that point I was just <laughs> yeah, pretending that I don't know surreal yeah. Yeah. yeah but I think yeah. he was he was the overwhelming favourite wasn't he he was um, the only just they were talking about betting I went to bed with all the odds about mm. Mourinho, but when you wake up in the morning and then it's oh, Mourinho has been appointed. Yeah. What? Yeah. And then it, it kind of unravels and it becomes clear that, as Harry says, that they were talking to him yeah. before. Oh, yeah. You know, so... Definitely. But do you think, do you think, Casper, possibly, or possibly not, but I'll throw it out to anyone, do you think, say, the strategy's changed? So, obviously, we had the five-year plan of, you know, bringing through these youngsters and... You know, we have a strategy of not really buying a lot of players, keeping a settled squad, settled manager. Do you think the strategy has changed? Do you think that five-year cycle is finished and we're starting another five-year cycle, possibly? Possibly not with Mourinho, but just possibly we're going to throw a bit of money. Do you think the cycle of throwing money now has started? Uh, I think that it's just a short-term decision initially. You know, the, the finances of the stadium and so on, we have to be in the Champions League. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of I think, you know, it is prime time of year for getting rid of managers. As I think a few of the, you know, we might find out with a few other clubs in the Premier League in the next few weeks. But I think Levy's looked at it and gone, you know, we're fourteen, fifteenth. There's no sign of us getting any better. We've got not a bad run of games coming up, yeah. and he's kind of thinking, well, you know, if if Leicester and Chelsea get away, then, you know. We're in the Europa next year, or, or slightly better, not in the Europa next year. Um, so I think it was a kind of short, short-term decision. But on the profile of the club, you know, it's kind of we got that massive stadium. We've just been in a Champions League final, and then you get arguably the most famous name in football management. I think there's there's other thoughts going on there as well about profile of the club and. You know, maybe we might even sell those naming rights mm. now Marino's yeah. there. What is happening with those naming rights? Come on, you must have a bit of inside track in the world of... Uh, I've, I've heard a few names knocked around, but... Lidl, Audi? Well, mm. they'd both be, you know, good solid businesses. Exactly, yeah. Nice you business. Know, Boots, WH Smiths, who knows? Little <laughs> <laughs> could, could I just throw this out there, sort of just wrapping up this first little section a little bit? Like, uh, sort of, you know, if I go around the table, you know, would uh, this, this time last week, or before, like Poch got sacked, would, would would hands up who would have sacked him? You know, before he got sacked last week, Does, was everyone sort of on board with it? Were you 
No, Casper, for no. you, Sim, you on board with it? I, I just thought it felt. I thought I mean, it felt unthinkable that we would sack him, but yeah. it was it was almost like the denial among yeah. all the fans. It was going to help hurtle towards that. Yeah, it, he's not he's not going to walk away from the twelve million, is he? No. Um, but you, you think we had to sack him? I think we had to. I didn't see it getting any better. Yeah. And also another thing about kind of like about Mourinho is that I don't I really don't think that team is is done yet. And I think that was that was the kind of. If it was to be, if it was to continue on the Portitino, it would have been a long, painful rebuild. And you see it all the time. It's easier to get rid of the manager. Than did he, to did he deserve players. that time, though, Sim? Did he not deserve that time to try again, or how was his time done? As Matt said, he deserved it, but it's the business that they're in that they couldn't afford to give him a, to give him the time on, kind of like on on loyalty. And at the same time, I don't I don't think his like we discussed in a previous one. Um, does can he fix it? And a lot of people said he can if he wants to, but the way he's the way his man has been for good reason, for good reason I'll add because he's kind of not been back to anywhere near as much as he deserved to be. Yeah. It's it wasn't. I don't think he could have fixed it because I don't think he was looking back. I don't think he was his heart was in it anymore. And yeah. That's the problem. I think we've talked before in podcasts yeah. about uh, 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 press conferences. He's just been a bit. Some strange stuff that you've said a few times. It just seems a bit. Just some strange comments he's made. With, um, it almost felt like he was kind of like, almost like engineering his own departure. It's adopted a kind of sulky persona in some press conferences, and and then it it always kind of leave like a little comment that he knew the media would pick up on. Okay. And uh, but I mean, if you're asking me, was it right to sack him? I think four consecutive Champions League. Yeah, finishes in the Champions League places in the top four. Um, uh, the Champions League final last season. I think earned the right to at least another summer transfer window. I felt that, and, I, and it was always at the back of my mind. You know, I just wanted the West Ham game game to come along, and we could maybe if we won that game, you know, we'd be just knocking on the top four, and you know, it'd be a case of crisis. What crisis? That's what that was my hope. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, because I, I always felt, you know, I love Poch, and in hindsight, I think it was right. Not not because we've won two games, but in yeah. hindsight, I think it's right, some of the stuff we've all said tonight. But I, I was sort of thinking, beat West Ham, um, go through in the Champions League, you know, and we'd be, you know, what crisis? You know, I definitely think, yeah. and, I, and I felt, that could he have turned it around? At, before last week, I felt he could turn it around, but something in hindsight... I don't think. I think Matt made some great points. Sim made some great points. It would have just been an endless succession of false dawns. I think a bit Sim, like a bit like what you on. said with the with the Belgrade game. Yeah, we'd, be, yeah. we'd, we'd be, possibly beat West Ham, who are probably the worst team in the league right now. Awful. Trade. And then we might have won again last night, and then it would yeah. be fine. And then Bournemouth would come to us on on the weekend, and yeah. we could have another frustrating yeah. game. Yeah. I, I, think, I think what you say on. about hindsight, just watching. Kane and Ali in the last two games. Oh, yeah, as well. I know, it just yeah. looked like different, different footballers. Mm. Um, and not just technically, just on the kind of effort level. And I know he's yeah. he's made Ali the main man and put him at 10 and let the game evolve around him, which he seems to be mm. revelling in. But, yeah, it felt... I mean, I agree with bits of what everyone's kind of said. And I was shocked that he went because I didn't expect him to... Get sacked, and I, you know, and I wish he hadn't been in that way. But you know, I think what what you said about that that team not being done yet, 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's still a lot of good football. And whether people, I think we're going to see people winding around the, down their contracts more and more in football now. Yeah. And you almost just kind of, you know, if we lose two legendary centre-backs, both in their 30s for free at the end of the season, it's not really the end of the world because maybe giving them new contracts... Yeah. When they're fading is bad business as well. Um, also, also, you know, these, these these players are assets. You know, in yeah. accounting terms, I'm really boring, but you know, <laughs> we've we've used that asset. We've had yeah. the value from that asset. Having not spent that much on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just just to wrap this up, Casper, being an 11 year old, obviously you can see me and Pete, the older ones. We sort of would have given him a chance. We wanted to give him a chance. Possibly, you know, we're a little bit older, so we like the loyalty bit of it. But did you think it was right? In looking back. Uh, well, the thing is, a lot of Spurs fans, I think, wanted to sack him, but then when it happened, they were all a bit like, oh, it's think, gone now. That's a great point. Yeah. So, I think, I think people thought they wanted to, but then sort of wanted to change their mind when he'd actually gone. Yeah. Because they realised that now he's gone, well... Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah. Is it unknown? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I think so, a part of me wants to say it wasn't a good decision because I love Poch, but I think, well, well, because the form we were in, it was relegation form, really. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think it, I think the players, not just just for the the whole club, but I think the players needed something new. Yeah. Having having the same person coaching them for five years. Yeah. And obviously it hasn't been working out. I think they need a change and I think that's what happened to Delhi. Yeah. You see Delhi, uh Aurea and Kane, they look like different players yeah. when they play because I think they needed a change yeah. in in how they were playing and who was being coached and obviously different different positions from Delhi. Yeah. which he was playing a few years back yeah. and then sort of dropped deeper a bit and where he wants to play is like uh, probably in the middle net behind just behind Kane in the number 10 role so I think when he gets to play there and he gets and he has the manager who believes that he can do well there and plays him every game he's yeah so you think it's a right in hindsight yeah. looking back it's a right decision well I think I think there's diff- as as the beauty of this podcast is the differing ages um, and views. Me and Pete possibly would have uh, left him. Would have liked the lawyers here. Would have written off the season, man. But you, you're in the you know. I might have walked. Yeah, I didn't think it'd be sacked. Yeah, yeah I thought. Yeah, I would have. I would have preferred. I mean, the 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 fans didn't seem to turn against him. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anyone was really happy and enjoy. You know, I I would have probably like to have seen him kind of go on his own terms and as yeah. Pete said I think there's there was a lot the whole comments before the Champions League final to say this might be my last game that kind of rang alarm bells at the time you thought that's weird what, yeah. what message was that sending out yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not motivating anyone is it nice. other than potential suitors so um, yeah so, so possibly I think we're all in agreement we're all sad we love Poch but I think. The, 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 the Poch the Builder question was never really answered was it no because he'd, <laughs> can he fix it well 
It wasn't given the chance to fix it. Can you fix it in three weeks? Not. I don't. I don't think that question will. Uh, we'll never know. No. It'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see where he goes, and uh, and I think wherever he goes, as long as he doesn't go somewhere in England, I think uh, I think we'll still be in love with, uh, love with him. But I, I think I think from from you know all these Arsenal, he's going to Arsenal. That's he could never going to happen. North London. That's never going to happen. You know, he's, he won't Harry go. To, he, said he, he said he won't go to Barcelona because of it's being manager of Espanyol, and so I, I just think he's got a real loyalty. You know, yeah. oh please God, please God, let's pray to God he's got a real loyalty <laughs> to us. Pat Jennings went to Arsenal. Uh, Terry Neal went from Arsenal to Tottenham. Willie Young went from. Few, it's been a yeah. few. Don't say that. Don't mention the other person's name. Actually, we're not allowed to mention that guy's name. It's good, podcast. I didn't. Yeah. George, George Graham, it's, it's been a few. Yeah, the man with the raincoat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and obviously the person across the Great Divide. Yeah, the, the budding MP or the budding mayor of London. <laughs> anyway, let's let's wrap up that, guys. So you know, we give our real regards to the pot. Thank you for the memory. Yeah. Awesome.